Hey, everybody, welcome to the Student Ministry Conversations podcast with your hosts, Russell Martin and Brent Aiken. We are glad that you're joining us today, and we hope that you find this conversation helpful, insightful, and encouraging as you lead your students in ministry. We wanted to stop and take a second to remind you about our social media. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Talk Student Men. You can also find our website, studentministryconversations.org. And then also we are on Clubhouse and you can find us in our Clubhouse room, Student Ministry Convos, where we host Clubhouse rooms on Monday afternoons and Thursday mornings. Today, we're going to have an interview with Chad McElveen, and he shares a little bit about what we have learned from the last year of youth ministry. And so, Russell, this was your conversation. So can you tell us a little bit about it? Yeah, I talked with Chad. He's a, a friend that's been in our conference with youth ministry for a long time, and I've done uh, some events with him and camps and stuff. And we just sit and talk about uh, looking back over this past year, what uh, have we learned uh, from this and maybe taking a chance to reevaluate. Uh, I know a lot of times we get caught up in this cycle and, and you can plan your summer out three years in advance because you know you're going to do all these trips and all these things. But but what if you looked at it differently and and maybe one of the lessons from this past year has been to, to reevaluate and figure out, are we being intentional about everything we are doing? Uh, and so uh, we talked through a whole bunch of other things, but that's the key part in there is, is really to look and to evaluate and not just jump back in uh, just to erase, you know, this past year and go, hey, we're just going to go back to normal. But, but maybe there's a new way to do things that is more effective uh, than what we have done all the time. Awesome. So without any more delay, here is Russell's conversation with Chad McElveen. Tell me who you are without telling me who you are. So I know you're Chad. I know you're a youth director. But if you took those two things out and someone said, you can't tell me your name or what you do, tell me who you are. I am humorous. Uh, a uh, Oh, dang, that's a tough question. Uh, <laughs> I've seen, I've seen those uh, challenges online too, but I'm like, oh, I never thought about it like this. So, uh, so yeah, I guess uh, humorous, uh, laid back, laid back, but at the same time, very not laid back. <laughs> um, uh, just kind of willing to try anything and yeah. <laughs> bald, bald. <laughs> was, I don't know. I, I didn't know how tough a question that would be when I asked it. So, um, but you're, you're the second podcast today and, and that it, both, both of them have been kind of like, Oh, I never thought about going that. To, That's hard because our identity is so tied in either our name or mm-hmm. what we do um, is what our identity you know is tied in. So, so one of the things that that you have navigated, we've all navigated over the past year, has been COVID. Um, and uh, one of the things that w- what I wanted to talk about was kind of like maybe some of the things that how you did through that, um, and then um, just kind of how that's changed ministry and how that's changed what you've done. Uh, and stuff like that. So can you tell me kind of go back, if you can rewind to about this time last year? Um, and I know you don't want to relive that. I'm asking you to relive the trauma, but um, just kind of tell us some of the process, M- maybe take us through an overview, a, a skim over of of March then to for, for a while of uh, what y'all did, how you adapted, um, how you got to where you are now. You know, what's interesting is I, I'm usually, I, I wouldn't say it's necessarily like, journaling but I do kind of write down kind of I keep notes of kind of what happens each day and so I'll and I'll look at it each year or so now now when I'm looking at this day a year ago I'm like oh wow everything was so new like everything was so different everything was so fresh like and so I had like all of our experimenting with stuff with zoom and all that and and it was it's funny like seeing what how i wrote it i was just saying we had a great turnout students really enjoyed it and i know eventually i'll get to the point where it's like nobody showed up and nobody was interested in that game anymore because really i think it really is today on this day last year we were doing like the scavenger hunts where you tell them to go find something in their house and i remember that was just a pretty exciting thing seeing lots of student ministry uh, other people in student ministry talking about it but then I think that quickly, like we only did that maybe two times before students just kind of lost interest in that. And 
<laughs> but yeah, I guess it just shows how much we were trying to adapt and all that. Um, yeah, I mean, when it first started, like, uh, I, I would say the first thing I learned from it was it really made me realize how much I just need to slow down. And because before it was, it really was, I was just, I was really having to track my hours of, and that was just for me personally, tracking my hours. So to make sure I would actually just stick to close to 40 hours a week where I would easily go over that. And I just remember when the pandemic hit, I stopped tracking it because I realized like, I'm, I'm sure I'm doing a, a decent amount of work, but like, I don't have as much. And so, and so what I mean by that is like, I just kind of slowed down and just start focusing to be more relational than planning a bunch of programs and planning a bunch of events and planning a whole bunch of other stuff. I was just like, well, let's just slow down. Let's just meet a couple of times with students and just see how they're doing and talk with them. And yeah. So I think that was the first thing I, I definitely learned. And I realized is like, man, I, I think this is something I really needed was just, I know it sounds weird to say that I needed the pandemic, but I kind of needed something to, and it really taught me to just slow down and just be more relational with students instead of just trying to plan everything. Um, so yeah, I think that was like the first thing. Um, let's see. Uh, and I guess something else I really learned, and I'm still learning this today because I, I think we're along with everyone else of just kind of struggling with our numbers of, uh, you know, there's just been so many students that have just disappeared. Um, and like, I mean, I mean, like early on in the pandemic, like the minute the pandemic hit, like in the minute they weren't going to school, I just had some students just disappear. And it's like, I've tried reaching out to them. Sometimes I was able to talk to their parents, but yeah, and that's, that's been a challenge. But one thing I have learned is that just because they're absent from our events and absent from the things we're doing, doesn't mean we can't still minister to them and we can't still support them. Um, and so one thing I've taken up and I've, I started it kind of here and there throughout the summer, summer 2020, uh, I had other adult leaders and other volunteers helping me with it. And I kind of did it throughout the fall, but it really wasn't until like October that I was just like, I was really feeling like at a loss. And, and I was just like, man, there's so many people, like they were so active and I really had good relationship with them. But I haven't talked to them in so long. And so then what I decided to do was I set aside time each week on usually it was Thursdays to just call families. It wasn't necessarily reaching out to the student, but it was just calling the parents, calling the families. And, and I would try to do like maybe 10 a week and I have a pretty big roster. And so it just really took me, it really did take me till maybe the beginning of March to get through my whole roster of people just calling them once. Sometimes I had to leave a message and it was just fine. I let them know who I was and, and um, uh, just let them know I'm thinking and praying for them. If there's anything I could be more prayer for, just give me a call. Um, I ended up having some really good conversations with some parents, even some of the, you know, those parents that you think that like, really, I don't even think I could point them out to you because they're just like the parents who drop off the students um, and so I'm like, I don't think I've ever had a conversation with this mom or this dad ever, but I call them and I just say, Hey, I'm Chad with St. Peter's. And they're just like, Oh, Hey Chad. Like the way they just kind of, it's like, well, I guess they kind of, I guess they know me. And then like, and then they, they, a lot of them just open up about what they've been going through. Some of them have had COVID. Some of them have been very, been very careful. Some of them share their frustrations with all these shutdowns and like, I mean, I mean, so there, it was just kind of all over the place. And so I just sat there and listened to them and happy to uh, just talk with them. And, um, and so I think that was something I was just like, I don't think I would have ever done this if it wasn't for like the pandemic. <laughs> so it definitely kind of made me learn that. And because uh, if at the very least, what I can do is just let parents and families know that, hey, we're here for you we're here for you. And, uh, it's okay. If you're not coming to worship, it's okay. If you're having to figure things out, but just know that we're still here for you. And so I think that's, uh, that's been a good learning moment for me. And it's something I've, I love ending my week by doing that too. And so, yeah. Well, it was something that initially whenever, I, cause I was doing the same thing we started and I had 
mean, I made, I, mean, I had a friend, Marlo Matthews, I don't know if uh, uh, Marlo made online prayer stations and I posted them on the blog and, and I, you know, figured out Zoom games and Jackbox and all these type things. And I figured out, you know, all that stuff. Um, but uh, the thing that I challenged, struggled most with, I mean, I'd love to share if you uh, had the same thing, was, um, oh, sorry, I'll cut that part out. My wife was texting me. Um, I'm using my phone as my camera, uh, my webcam. So, um, but the, so one of the things I struggled most with during that uh, time was the definition of, definition of success. Um, you know, what, what success was. And so uh, I'd like to, you know, did you kind of struggle with the same thing? And uh, uh, what, what were you thinking through that time? And because for, for me, it seemed like the goalpost moved and it didn't just, it didn't just get further away. It like got moved to the other side of the stadium behind a wall. Um, and so what were you thinking and, and what were the goalposts? How did you do, how did you, did you redefine, how did you redefine what success looked like? What you could say, I did my job because I did this. Yeah, it's hard to, you know, I'll, I'll sit there and I'll be like, oh, the one number one argue, like person to argue against, like, oh, it's not about numbers, but like, it, let's face it, like, that's just always the thing. And and then usually that's kind of the thing that you're like, held accountable to by so maybe your supervisors or whatever. It's just kind of like, oh, if you're someone's, or people aren't showing up, then something must be wrong. And so I think what, and, and so it's hard for me to even, get away from that. And I can tell myself, Oh, it's not about numbers all I want. But at the end of the day, if I have an event and hardly anyone shows up, I'm still sitting there wondering like, man, what did I do wrong? Man, what, what happened? When, what? And I think like what happened was, and I think this is just the whole church too, because I know our pastors are feeling it with worship, like whether it's online worship and, and uh, I mean, we were just a fraction of what we used to have. And you know, we used to have, on a, on a Sunday morning, we would have five different services at two different venues. Now we're down to two and it's like, we wouldn't be able to fill up those venues if we were completely in person, right? Like at, at least if it was the way it is now. And so I know that even our pastors and other church members have kind of felt this, but I think that like knowing that we're all on the same page with that, knowing that we all know that there's a reason why this is happening I think this really kind of took a lot of pressure off in terms of worrying about numbers. Um, and so then that, that means you could kind of redirect like, well, what is the success now? Kind of what you're saying, well, where is that goalpost now? And, and I guess now it's like, it's not, I don't know. I'm trying to think of the right way to phrase this is like, it seems like the numbers, yes, you do your part, but it seems like you're putting a lot on the, church members to be here like it's kind of up to them to show up now it seems like for me i feel like it's more about what am i doing to make myself known to them um like what am i doing to let them know i'm available to them what am i doing to let them know that they matter what am i doing to let them know i'm praying for them it's not about them showing up it's about me just kind of what can i do so if it's through text messages if it's through social media, if it's through weekly emails, if it's through other stuff, like what am I doing? And so I don't know if that's really the right, the right thing or not, but I think that's ever since I've kind of put my mindset behind that and still at the same time, you know, I said earlier, I need to slow down. I'm trying to, I try not to overdo it either, but um, I don't know. I guess like where the goalposts and what it could be is just, what are we doing just to reach people and just to talk with them and just to listen to them? Um, yeah. I mean, just whatever those opportunities are. And those have ranged from zoom meetings to in-person small groups, uh, meeting out in parks um, to we even had a, a small group. Um, we call them connect groups and they were through text messages. So we had students different age groups and male and female and this different groups. And we just texted each other once a week with prompts and how they were doing. That was pretty strong at the, um, whenever they weren't in school, but once everyone started going back to school, then they, then it started dwindling. Cause really we went from like about, I think like 12 different text groups. Some of them I wasn't even a part of, we had adult leaders that are part of it. So that was pretty cool. But, and then it just started like 
just students weren't responding as much anymore. And a lot of them just kind of said, yeah, I think it served its purpose. And now we're down to like maybe two that are still going. And and we asked them, would y'all like to, for us to give this up? And they're like, no, we still love it. Like, <laughs> So it's just a, a big range of just what are we doing just to actually just reach people? Yeah. I, th- I think that's, that's hugely important. And I think there's, there's something to be said for things that are done for a time. Like, you know, we, you know, the games or the the programs or things that you did may, some of those things may last and some of those things may just have been for that period of time. So um, on that, on that vein, a couple of things, because I've watched you online, you've done some awesome things. Uh, I'll watch your Instagram and things like that. So what are some of the things that you did that worked really well um, that you thought was a good uh, connection point, uh, may, even if it was just for COVID uh, period of time, but what are some of those things that you adapted that because I'm, what I'm thinking is there may be some people who are like, Hey, I can, that may work in my context even outside of this. So. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess thinking about like very early on, I don't know how helpful this would be as seems, seems like things are kind of already changing, but like something I felt like it worked really well was we really I played around a lot with zoom and, and really try to figure out what's the best way to get students to do lessons and like because i know everyone was struggling with that and i feel like we did something that worked pretty well with a, a, a good portion of our students now not everybody but like we try to make as interactive lessons as possible and that's something i always always try to do that anyway i try to do my best to avoid just lecture type lessons or anything like that and so what we did on zoom was um and we're still doing this. We still have a good, strong group of uh, students who meet us for Sunday school, and and they love doing these interactive lessons. And I usually, you know, I tell them that this is the highlight of my week is our conversations and the creativity that they do. And and so basically, it's like you know, I'll share my screen with like a PowerPoint, and then on on there, each slide would have a kind of a different thing saying, "Oh, let's read this scripture together." Now, y'all use the annotate feature to underline um what stood out to you in this passage so then they'll start underlining it or they'll highlight it in some way uh, and then we'll get to a next slide and they'll say hey write and draw what you think this looked like or write and draw what do you think of when you hear this and so then they just draw and so some of them are very artistic and so it's almost you have to tell them hey we don't have enough time for you to finish that uh, you need to go quicker um i mean so so stuff like that so just just be trying to be work because a lot of them weren't talking on zoom like they just mute themselves and then it was almost like a pain to tell them to unmute themselves um and so and so but interacting like that where they could use the chat or they could write it out on our screen or something that just worked out pretty well um i think one of the things um that i've i think is it's really helped was we limit it because we don't want students on here on zoom for two hours, right? Like we, so we limited what we were doing like to a maximum of an hour. And so then whenever we were starting to meet in person, we were meeting in person and um, I was like, well, we're not going to move it to two hours because most of the time we have to just stay in our seats. Like there's no, there's no getting up and running around. And and so we were trying to be very careful with that. And so we're like, well, shoot, like, let's just make it an hour. (laughs) And so I, and I have noticed like the biggest difference and especially our junior high students and their attention is like just dedicating just that one hour is all that you need beforehand we would meet what we did was we met on wednesdays we met for two hours and that two hours included food included games and then then we would try to get them to settle down for worship and a lesson and they didn't it just never took (laughs) the worship and lesson part it just never happened because it's like we're pretty much always say we're shaking up the can and we're just getting them riled up like and so but once we started meeting in person and some of this was with some of our newer students, like sixth graders who really probably weren't familiar with what we had done in the past, but even some of our re, uh, returning students and all that, like when we start meeting in person just for that hour, just for Bible study, and then we would do a more low-key type of game, maybe mafia or something else. 
And just for the hour, it was just like, this is good. I'm not, and, and I personally was never leaving there just feeling frustrated and angry that like, oh, students, they just won't pay attention. Oh, that this is just, yeah, like it was. And so I think I've definitely learned like, man, we could do a lot in an hour and it could be very impactful and maybe this is what they need. And, and so I, I really do think moving forward, I'm going to be more intentional into what we're planning and what those events really are. So like, if we're going to have, if I want to have a time of worship, I'm not going to mix in big games and big other stuff with that. I'm just going to make it no. This is going to be our hour time of worship, our hour time of Bible study, our hour time of small group, whatever it is. And then we'll plan another time of, oh, now this would be where our games are. If you want to play a game, come to this event right here. And so not mix up the two. And I, I really, I'm looking forward to see like what that turns out to like when we do that a lot more in person. What? What does that, what gives you the freedom to do that? Cause I have something in my mind, but I want to see if you, if you think of that, what, what made you change that kind of mindset? Was it just the, the doing it in, in, um, on zoom and seeing an hour works or kind of what, what helps you to come to that conclusion or at least to say, you're going to try it. I mean, I think it was like, I mean, yes, the kind of time limit with zoom was a big thing, but like also uh, it, it seemed like, most of the spring of 2020 even most of the summer i would even say like we really didn't even have much of a time for bible study or worship or anything like and uh, with students specifically because most of it really was just whatever we could do just to interact with them and so and so we really did have we had plenty of fun and games we had, and, then, and then some of it weren't, wasn't necessarily like games it was more about just hey come in and we're going to check in on you on a scale of one to ten how are you doing um what, what can we pray for you what are your struggles right now and so we did have dedicated times for that but we really didn't have too much time of studying and so whenever we finally kind of once the fall was hitting we're like we need to have this and so we really dedicated some time to just do that. But then we're like, wait, but these games and other stuff we're doing is really good too. How can we, well, how about we don't combine them? Let's just keep them, let's just keep them separate. And let's just, yeah, just kind of meet students where they are. And then some students may not be comfortable yet enough to, or vulnerable enough to like come and share and open up about who they are, but they are more comfortable just hey, let's just play some games and get to know each other first. Yeah. I, I, I see that. I see students who, and then you'll also have students who won't come to the games because they're like, Hey, I've, I've got Xbox at home. I got there. Oh, I can yeah. do this. Mm -hmm. I don't like group games. And so I think it does also, it's almost like when you either try to, when you try to do um, either two, two styles of worship together, or you have junior high and senior high together, you always have the senior high who think the junior high are too immature and the junior high who don't want to be with the older senior high. But when you split them, then you get more come. And I think the same thing happens when you do that with the games and the, and the, uh, you know, you get the kids who want to do games and maybe they'll cross, maybe they'll say, Hey, come join us on Tuesday. We're doing Bible study or, or vice versa with those type of things. Um, so as you've gone through and you've tried new things, um, what, uh, two, two part question you can answer either part or both. And you've kind of already hinted at it, but maybe you can add some more to it. Um, what did you stop doing? because of COVID that you'll never do again? Uh, what did you start doing during COVID that you're like, why, why you kick yourself going, why did I never do this before? So for me, an example of something that I, I started uh, when I was there, we started doing a college uh, meetup on Friday night game night or Thursday night game night on Zoom. Um, and I, after the first two or three of them, I was like, I'm dumb because I could have been doing this for the past three years. Yeah. <laughs> college students were spread out. You know, it wasn't because of COVID. It was just they're spread out. And I had kids from A&M and Texas Tech and all these things coming in. And and we did a game night, lasted about an hour. We played some Jackbox games. I checked in on them and prayed for them. Um, we ended up talking afterwards. Uh, but I was like, why haven't I ever done this before? So either one of those or both, Which what, what, what's something you stopped doing and you won't start or something you started doing that you won't stop? Yeah, maybe kind of what I was already talking about. But like, I mean, I mean, some of the things I said earlier is I'm not going to stop doing our family check ins and stuff. So even if like, even if we get like to where 
families are back to attending in person and then we see students more often, I'm still want to kind of keep that as a weekly thing. So I do want to do that. Um, um, I do think that not, I'm going to stop kind of like I was doing maybe a two hour long, just everything in that one evening kind of a thing. I, I want to be more intentional into what we're doing. Um, and I've, I'm already, I really am like, uh, the way, the way I've kind of seen the pandemic was, you know, we can easily see like volcanoes and lavas, like being this very destructive thing, but then like, that's just a part of the like environment to where like, it actually ends up helping, um, new growth comes from it and all. And so I'm really seeing this as like this lava of the pandemic just kind of took over everything <laughs> and it just kind of canceled all sorts of things that we were already doing. But now what I'm really hoping to see is like, well, now we're going to have some new growth. And so we're going to have some new opportunities and I'm all about like trying to do some new stuff and not just going back to the same old, same old. And so I am looking forward to some of these things. So like not going back to an old two hour model, but instead like we'll just dedicate our times for that type of stuff. And so maybe it's Sundays would be dedicated just to worship and Bible study type events. And then during the week will be the game time events. And then like, uh, so moving that way. Um, and, and also just like, I realized with meeting on zoom and to kind of help keep attention was, you know, it, I'm still bad at this and keeping lessons just short and to the point, <laughs> but, but, um, but it also kind of keeping a routine or a rhythm of it. I really realized that that helps. And I was trying to do that anyways with in-person stuff before the pandemic. And I was just really struggling with it. But since we started meeting and it really was like, it, I, I don't want to make it sound like, like students have just become robotic, but like, when we set out the chairs, they know where they're sitting. And then whenever we say, Hey, we're going to open up in this prayer, they know what this opening prayer is going to be. And when we say, we're going to do this, they know that we're going to be reading scripture and they know that we're going to be, so in no way am I saying, Hey, come on, we're going to play dodgeball today. And then before they play dodgeball, we're like, we're trying to force worship on them. And then they're just like, they don't know what to do. And they're like, what? Like, this isn't what I came for. And so I don't want to, so I want to try to move away from that. Just like, get into these rhythms of no you know what to expect when you get here and this is kind of um and just help get in the right mindset too of and, and and from that i've definitely seen some i've had some great conversations with our junior high students where before oh it's just a struggle <laughs> it was just a struggle to get them on topic and all that um other than that like i i really do think like I really saw a lot of flaws in how we had done some stuff. And so one of them was, one of them was, um, we, I, we had a good team of adult leaders and before the pandemic, we had a great team of adult leaders, but then once the pandemic hit and we started moving to zoom, a lot of the adult leaders just weren't comfortable doing stuff on zoom. Like they, they felt uncomfortable about it and they, and they just said that maybe this isn't their strong point and all this and, and, and no blame to them at all um, on that. But it did kind of point out to me like, man, like I need to really work on our adult leaders and their relationship with students that this type of thing would never interfere with that. Those, those adult leaders were great for showing up and they were great for leading the small groups, but maybe they weren't there yet to where they were just like, no, I need to stay connected to this group. I had some that were, I had some great adult leaders who definitely all the way to the end, like, and still continuing to stay connected with them. Um, but yeah, but I think that that's definitely a flaw that I saw was, and some of our adult leaders just kind of, they just backed away and I was like, okay, so I need to make sure when we do get adult leaders, they kind of know that they're in this for, for better or worse for <laughs> kind of a thing. Um, and at the same time, I'd, I'd definitely be respectful to them and their time and what they're comfortable with too. But yeah. Um, and also I think it's just like, I really hope churches everywhere have seen, have seen some flaws that maybe their churches have had during this. And one of them, I think a lot of churches have seen is I think a lot of people just because they couldn't come to church in person, 
that caused a disconnect between them and God. Like I, I've seen, I, I, we've had some church members who are very strong church members, and I'm pretty sure they just stopped doing anything with the church and they just stopped doing anything just because they couldn't come at that one time that they go every week. And I think we as a church need to do better at like teaching people like that's not what it's about and teach them more about like the, the, the parable I always go back to is the, um, is the parable of the sower. And I really feel like a lot of, I think this pandemic has really shown that a lot of people are the seeds that scattered on the rocky soil and then what we see is that when the sun came out, they quickly withered away. And I think once this pandemic came, it really pointed out like some people's roots weren't strong enough and it just, they just withered away. Nothing to blame on them or anything, but I think it's more on like the church and like how we teach, like what exactly church is and that it's this place you go to on Sunday morning. And if you can't do that, well then, well, there goes your, <laughs> there goes your relationship with God. Uh, and so I think it really is like, whatever I do moving forward, I really want to be more intentional and make sure that it's not that rocky soil type of ministry, but the good soil so that if this happens again, yes, things would be different. Yes. We could probably still maybe lose touch with some people, but we know that they're still going to be in a good place. And they know that they are still, you know, they still know that the church is there for them and they know God's there for them all that. Um, and some of that goes with like, think about this, like mission trips is when the pandemic hit in summer 2020, a lot of people had to cancel those trips. And to a lot of students, what they're being told is, oh, that means you don't serve this year because this trip was canceled. That means you don't have to serve or help people this year because that one trip you go on once a year isn't happening we need to get away from that type of thinking. And instead of just thinking about like, what are we, okay, we're in a different situation. How can we serve people now? How can we serve people this week? What about next week? What about the week after that? What about this and this and this? And so, yeah, like, I guess it was because of the pandemic, I started working with students trying to find out what are they passionate about serving? And we met with a, a, a certain group of them. It wasn't like a biggest group, but just a group of students that we just kind of worked with them and kind of, through like kind of like a six week process and meeting on zoom, that group kind of got smaller because some people started dropping off from it, but we still had this very small group of students who were just like, I think we really want to help like by doing this type of stuff. And so that's what we're doing now. Like currently is just uh, writing cards and letters to nursing homes and assisted living facilities and, uh, and places like that. And so it's starting to kind of very slowly it's starting to kind of grow and try to expand to like, other students and other families are getting interested in helping us out with that. But that's just one of those things is like when we met with them, just telling them serving isn't just once a year. It isn't just a, a place you have to go far away to do. It's what, what are you passionate about helping and what are the needs that you see and how can we help in those ways? And so I think that's another way. It's just like, I don't want to go back to just teaching and giving this impression that a mission trip is all you do. <laughs> and they, maybe the same thing is just with other trips too. Maybe it's church camps and other stuff. It's just like, yes, that's, that's a bummer that those things got canceled, but you know what? We're still going to do some amazing stuff and your faith and your relationship with God shouldn't have to rely on just those things. I, I do think it revealed where our priorities were um, and where we, where we just assumed things were happening that they weren't like you talked about with small group leaders and stuff like that. Um, I know that, that, you know, if we had, you know, we'd have a, a good number of kids show up and I was like, great, we had a great week. Um, but when I started doing those phone calls, I realized, yeah, we had a great week, you know, but there were still 40 kids I could have called. Um, I assumed we had a great week. We had great numbers. Everything was good. I had my small group leaders there, small groups worked. Um, but all of a sudden you realize, you know, that, yeah, that's great. That's awesome. But you, you're, there's still, you know, when you take your value from, that one week event or something like that, you're not making those connections with everybody and realizing there's still a bunch everywhere. Um, so is this, has this been, when, when you're looking, I think this conversation will be a little different or question will be different asking it um, uh, at the beginning, because at the beginning, everybody was like, yes, we are in this, this is hybrid. Uh, this is a, a change. This will change the future. 
what's interesting is to watch uh, as things do open back up, as we do have the ability to get back in person. Um, and and the I guess the question is, is was this an adaptation or an innovation? Um, so if you're being innovative, it's something new that's going to last forever. Um, but do you also see... Uh, either with your colleagues or in your church or something like that, people who uh, three months ago were like, yes, we're changing. And now they're like, oh yeah, but we can have what we had back. We can go back to Israel um, or to, uh, we can go back to Egypt. Um, you know, it, it wasn't great, but at least we knew it was going to happen. And they get that draw back uh, to that. Yeah, that's, that's a good way to think of it. I, I, the only thing I think of is like, I don't know. I hope that this is more of like an evolution. That, that it's kind of like, <laughs> That is like we've been put into this kind of new era, this new atmosphere, this new environment. And then we have to learn, yes, to adapt, which just led to us to innovate. But I hope that it just, I don't know. I just hope it continues <laughs> that, we, that we don't lose touch with this. And I hope churches don't either. Like I hope, I, I know our church and I know I've heard our pastors even say like, things are not going to be the same. Like, and, and I'm glad that to hear that them say that, because I know, I know the easy thing, and even I may say it, I, I can't wait for things to go back to normal, right? Like, but there's going to be a whole new normal and a whole new thing. And I really, I really want to take advantage of, there's no better excuse than to try doing new things right now. <laughs> like, and, and I really want to try to stress that to people, like, if you ever had any wanting to try something, this is the time. Before, you know, you may have pitchforks and angry mobs saying, you can't get rid of this one event. But now it's like, well, we haven't been able to do this event for over a year. So what if we kind of do this and, and kind of tweak it? Or what if we did like completely move it to a new day and we completely change this? Um, but at the same time, you know, it still takes a lot of planning. You need to be careful. <laughs> you still need to be careful with whatever changes you do. But I'm... Yeah, I mean, I say yes, we had to adapt, but like, I really hope that this innovation just pushes us even further. And um, and one funny thing I noticed was, and I wonder if everyone else noticed this. Um, it it really did seem like student ministry was kind of leading the way with all sorts of stuff because I want to say anytime. And I don't think our pastors would ever give me credit for it. I don't know why, but like, I want to say anytime we did something, they would soon do something similar and they would do something. And then I would notice it like just church-wide, obviously in our, you know, Facebook group with other uh, youth leaders, they'd be saying all this stuff. I'm like, oh, that's new. Oh, that's great. That's a good idea. And then later you start seeing churches, like the pastor is starting to say that too. And you're just kind of like, okay, yeah. <laughs> I saw that, you know, I saw that definitely is, um, and actually it's something I, I enjoyed coming over here to this role and taking everything I did as youth pastor and adapting it mm -hmm. church wise. Um, I think it set me up in a different, a different perspective than a lot of pastors have. Um, because I've, I come from 25 years of youth ministry and, um, all the adaptation and things like this. I was like, I mean, if there was something I was built for, um, you know, I, I definitely think that God used all my experiences and everything, um, in this time. And it would have been completely different if it was a year ago or, or two or three years ago or two years, three years in the future. Um, I think it would have been a completely different dynamic, mm -hmm. uh, making this change. Um, yeah. And like one example for this is like, and it frustrated me when I was in a church council meeting. And so they were talking about, um, you know, we've been doing a very limited like worship services, uh, like who could participate um, or the attendance and who could be in the congregation at one time. And so, but we have been doing in-person stuff. Um, but the one that we haven't really done too many, or at least the church hasn't advertised too many like adult, like Sunday school classes meeting in person or adult, like small group type stuff. And, and it's always kind of baffled me. Like, I never understood that. Why? And then when I was in this one church council meeting and they were talking about, oh, when can these come back? And when can they do this and this? And I was sitting there, just sitting there thinking like, whenever they're saying coming back, I'm like, I really don't think our student ministry ever left. We were able to adapt and meet outside at different times and different days and different things and all of this. And it kind of broke my heart to hear like some of these people were like, well, we need to meet back in this one classroom at this one hour. Otherwise, we can't meet. And I'm just like, 
what? <laughs> and, and so, yeah. And so I really feel like we were able to adapt to that. What is it that helped you to adapt and how do you, what do you think that you can, uh, what are the lessons, not lessons you learned. I'll use that before I finish the whole lot. I'm gonna try again. What are the ways that you uh, think that you can put into place or that um, either help you that you already have, or that you are, are planning on uh, as you, uh, that, that make you able to adapt, right? That make you able to, because it might not be a pandemic this time. It may be, I mean, we got shut down for two weeks with winter. Um, it may be a change in school schedules or it may be a change, you know, who knows what's coming ahead. Um, you can't, you can't plan for specific events, but what are the, the nuggets and the tools that are in your tool belt that help you to be adaptable to whatever that is? That so maybe uh, another youth leader watching going, Hey, this, that would be great. I need to, to do that. Or even a church going, Hey, you know, what can the church learn from youth ministry? Let me rephrase that question. I'm going to do it that way. What can the church learn from youth ministry? Um, maybe, maybe y'all's, um, or youth ministry in general that, that why was youth ministry able to make that adaption, uh, and innovation a lot better than churches and what can the church do? What would you tell a pastor me? What would you tell me? Hey, think this way, this is going to help you to be able to adapt or here's how we adapted and here's what it would help you. I don't know if I can give like a, like a tip or anything, but what I can share is like my motivation for it really was just my mission field is students. How can I interact with students? Like that really was the main thing. If, if I go through a week and don't talk with communicate or anything with any students or even their families, then it's kind of like, then what am I doing? Like, and so my thing was like, I need to fulfill like what I feel like my mission field is. And so if that's meeting, you know, we would have sometimes this these after school hangout stuff. And it was just, it was on zoom. It was just for students who just wanted a break. And sometimes we would have one student. Sometimes we have a couple, sometimes none. And it, we just let, let them know that, you know, we're here for you. And, and then whenever we adapted to meeting outside at, at uh, parks and we met for picnics and we met for other stuff, it was just, we're not going to let this hinder us from meeting with students to let them know that they are known, to let them know that they are loved, to let them know that they matter and just, yeah. And so that was just kind of my main motivation was there's, I don't know what there could be to just completely stop us from doing anything like that. And then, so that's why it kind of hurts me to think of like some, I mean, we talked earlier about like, you know, I think the pandemic definitely showed flaws and like, what is the church really teaching people like about their faith and, and what it means to be the church. And like, so when, if someone thinks that like, Oh, just because they couldn't meet that one time, well, yeah, like <laughs> I really hope that we've done a better job of reaching out to them than just thinking, oh, well, they just disappeared for a year and now they're hearing that their Sunday school hours coming back. Like, yeah. And so, yeah, I guess that's like the only thing I can really say is just what is your real, I mean, that's what motivated me is like, what is your mission field and how are you going to reach that no matter what? Well, I think that that speaks to kind of the theme that's been through this conversation is, you know, we were talking about goalposts and we talked about um, what's your you know, what's your success, where you find success and, and all those type things is if you put your success and your, your mission and stuff is to have a successful program at a certain time, um, in a certain place, whether, whether that's a big church service, whether that's a Bible study, whatever that is, if that is your, your deal, then whenever that's gone, it's gone. But as you said, if, if success is connecting with students or connecting with your, uh, older Sunday school class or connecting with your church or with your choir or whatever that is, whatever your field is, if your goal is connecting, then you'll find different ways to connect. Mm-hmm. Um, and for me, it's almost like um, traveling and having a list of direct, I mean, we, you've done Yom Army. Uh, and so sometimes, you know, in, in, in the old days, you would have just a, a written direction. Yeah. So there was no map, <laughs> there was no, just written directions. And it's a lot different because if you turn wrong way or something like that, you're lost forever. Mm-hmm. But if you have a map, if you have a map, you can reroute, you know, your destination's here and you can reroute, you know, but if you are fixed on, I'm going to go this road and this road is closed, then you can't go that way. But if your goal is I'm going to get to this address, 
you can reroute and go different ways and drive through drive through yards or um, you know gravel roads or wherever. Yeah. But it may not be the best route, may not be the fastest, may not be the most efficient uh, or safest. But that makes it that goal. So, um, all right. So to to kind of wrapping up, I'm going to give two a uh, couple of two things, couple of two things. Yeah, I'll, I'll edit yeah. that out too. <laughs> um, so wrapping up, just have a couple of things. Uh, one is uh, as you've gone through this, I know you've done some games and some things like that. So if you have real quick, you have uh, 15 minutes or 20 minutes until lunch starts or until something starts and you have a group of kids and you have no uh, no items to play with and you don't have time to prep, what is a, a game or something like that you're going to do uh, with them? Uh, something that somebody listening to this could go, I can use that as well. Well, I mean, the obvious is mafia. It's always a big hit, and um, ah, but you, but you need, did you don't you need cards for that? No, like what I do is, okay. yeah, yeah. What to me, it baffles me when people get restricted to cards. I'm like, what are y'all doing? Like, uh, what? I, and, I, and I guess I get that if you, I don't know. I, uh, usually, what I do is uh, I take on the role, or maybe I'll have rarely will I let a student, but maybe I'll have an intern or so, another adult leader take on the role as narrator. And then you as a narrator, um, you tell everyone to close their eyes and you go around in a circle. And what I did during the pandemic was everyone spaced out. They close their eyes. I tell them to stick their foot out. And so then I would go up and I'll be like, all right, if I tap your foot, you're the mafia. If I tap your foot, you're the detective. If I tap your foot, you're the doctor or whatever, all these other roles. And so then you just tell them to look up and they, they know what their role is. And then you just go through the game of mafia, which... If you don't know how to play, you can find there's instructions all over the place and good videos. Um, there's that one. Um, another good one is usually um, it worked really well on Zoom, um, but it can work in person if everyone has cell phones and you don't mind giving out your number to everybody and then they could text you. But like I'm all, I'm a huge fan of the U quiz, um, and basically it's just you just ask you just ask a question. Um, you just ask it like, what is your favorite hobby? Or maybe you can say, what is your worst injury? Or what is your dream vacation spot? And so you can just ask any random question like that. And then students will text you, or if you're on zoom, they could put it in the chat and they just direct chat you. Um, if you're in person and you have slips of paper and pens and you can use that. And then you, all you do is you go through those and you just read them. Oh, well, somebody said their hobby is, uh playing the tuba and then everyone has to like point on who they think it is and you're all trying to guess who it is and eventually it narrows down and when you get to the last two you said all right somebody is this and somebody's this which one is it and then it's a good way to get to know students i have never seen students get bored with it it is it, and that's with junior high and high school and it's just uh yeah, I'm a, I'm a, I, that's always my go-to is finding a way to like play that if we're able to. And um, it can easily buy up a lot of time too. So. Awesome. All right. So how can we uh, connect with you if somebody wants to find out more about what you uh, do or just pick your brain? Um, you have, you do, I know you do some awesome interactive games and things like that. Um, so if someone wants to call and say, hey, Chad, what's up? Like, what's the best way to connect online with you is uh, Facebook or yeah, I mean, Facebook uh, and my email address is on our church website. So um, go to stpkd.org slash students and you can find my email there. Uh, but yeah, look up Chad. I think I think I actually have. I think I have facebook.com slash Chad dot McElvin one. I didn't I didn't get the final one. Someone some other Chad McElvin out there got it. Uh, one other one. But yeah, contact me that way, email me. Yeah, those would be good ways. Good ways. Yeah, I try I I tried to do a lot of things with Russell Martin, but the baseball player kind of throws me off of there's so many Russell Martins. Like. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's uh, it's uh, it's not a deal. So, all right. Well, thank you very much. Um, and I look forward to talking to you later. It's been a great conversation. Yeah, thank you. All right, that was great. Hey, thanks everyone for joining us today. We hope you were encouraged and inspired by this week's episode and that you found tools that you can use as you pour into the lives of your students. 
Yeah. And if you enjoyed this conversation and found it helpful, uh, why don't you just leave a comment or rating wherever you're listening? And we would appreciate that. Also, maybe you know someone who would benefit from this. Uh, Maybe take a moment and share this with them. Uh, Tag them on social media and also tag us at Talk Student Men on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. So Brent, this next week's conversation was your conversation. So can you tell us a little bit about what we're going to hear uh, in, in a week from now? Yeah, so I sit down with Luke Gajari. He is a friend of mine. Um, he is a, a youth pastor in the same town that I am. And he had a very, very challenging um idea behind this episode and the idea and the challenge is how do you get on board with your pastor's vision and so we sit down and we talk through a bunch of different things and we chat we kind of leave with this challenge of um are you are you here to build a ministry or are you here to support what your pastor's doing for the overall church and it was super super challenging for me um it was one of my favorite episodes that i've done And here is a short clip from that episode. I had to shelve a lot of my personal preference in order to make my boss happy. And there was a tension between doing things the way that I felt like they were supposed to be done and doing things that my boss wanted done. And I feel like that tension exists in ministry. There's this other dynamic going on that when ultimately we are called to submit, unless you're the lead pastor, you're called to submit to the vision of the house. Unfortunately, this is a good thing, a blessing and a curse. Many youth pastors are extremely entrepreneurial in spirit. They're very go-getters. You're also a graphic designer. You're also, you probably have a side hustle. You are extremely multifaceted and you're very, very go-getter. You get stuff done. You have this, you could almost build a church because you're essentially building a church within a church. The temptation is to build it around your vision and not around your pastor's vision. Awesome. Well, as a senior pastor now, I'm definitely looking forward to that, uh, hearing a full conversation. Uh, and I know that everybody else will be waiting to hear that as well. So just a reminder, uh, go check out studentministryconversations.org and we'll have show notes and links from this episode and all of our episodes. Uh, if you just search for whatever episode you want to find uh, in the search bar, uh, then you can find those. And we also have other articles and posts there as well. And if you happen to be on the Clubhouse app, again, look for our rooms in Student Ministry Combos Club, Monday afternoon and Thursday morning. Again, thank you for joining us and we look forward to seeing you next week.